On this week's episode of Polk and Kush, the Pelicans have summer league starting. Alvin Kamara might be getting suspended. The city has an approval rating from some people. And there's drunk driving news. We always like to cover those kinds of things right here on Polk and Kush. Come everyone to Poke and Cush. It is Thursday, June thirtieth, two thousand twenty-two, and. We're ending the fiscal year on a high note. Welcome, everyone, to Polk and Kush. I am Scott Kushner alongside my sidekick and buddy, Mr. Andrew Polk. Glad to be here. Hi, friend. How are you? I, I have nothing to talk about. The top of the show for me for the last <laughs> uh, couple months has mostly just been an airing of grievances. And it's like, I, I really hate Yelp. Like, I, I kind of refuse to use it, uh-huh. but I use it. Sure. But I just, uh, this is my Yelp. Mm-hmm. And usually every week there's a business in the crosshairs. Um, this week, all good. Yeah, no problems? None yet. Nothing, you know, just, you know, avoiding the uh, the, the bullets when you're out and, uh, you know, uh, driving along the interstate. Uh, but outside of that... Everything seems to be going okay. Uh, just a uh, a slow, slow time uh, when it comes to sports in the city. The summers now, there's like zero events uh, sports-wise, you know, for just a long period. And we're like just smack in the middle of it right now. Well, that's uh, that's when you get into the really fun, interesting sports stories like Zion at the YMCA. <laughs> Yes. He's giving kids noogies. He's, uh, you know, seeing how many can climb on them. Uh, they're all getting in the phone booth together, <laughs> spraying each other with the hose. Zion's got a frog in his pocket like Dennis the Menace and a slingshot. I don't know. Um, My you, phone was accidentally on and I uh, transcribed every single word of this podcast into a text message. <laughs> I sent it to Just whoever send it. it is. It doesn't have anything too incriminating. <laughs> Oh, my God, man. Yeah, it's a very odd uh, season, you know, that your things like that, like that Zion, uh, you know, doing anything in the public seems to matter. Uh, the draft came and went. Uh, we talked about that in the last podcast. I think the general consensus, which we didn't really get a, a, a real good talk. We didn't really get to talk about it much because uh, it just happened. But it seems like people are uh, losing their minds of the draft. People seem very excited over the draft. I don't know if Tyson Daniels is going to be that good or Dell's going to be that. But hey, people are very, very, very optimistic suddenly about the Pelicans. Well, a lot of Pelicans fans are excited. This is, of course, the first draft in three years. Yes. Uh, this is <laughs> an NBA ready player. That's mm-hmm. what they say about these guys. It's like, yeah, that's why they've been drafted. Yeah, that's why they're going to the NBA. They're they're ready to play in the NBA, except that one guy we got, uh, Borat in the 500th <laughs> <laughs> George Murison Jr. following in the footsteps of Tim Hardaway Jr. and uh, Gary Payton Jr., of course. Um, we did draft a large foreign yeah. guy, um, which fans love. Yeah, especially when they like don't come across for two years. They're just stashed over there. Yeah. People love that. His, That's good times. The country he's from will be dissolved soon, and then he'll have to come <laughs> to America. When they can't get Russian oil for the winter, and they just, you know, <laughs> doesn't make sense. Yeah, he'll have to come over here. We'll uh, we'll trade him with uh, Brittany Greener. We'll get her back, send him back over there. There they we can go. just swap out like a time swap. That seems perfect. Uh, time share. Th- that's exactly what we need. I also saw Dyson Daniels' first meal uh, in New Orleans was at... Chipotle. <laughs> Damn, I was going to say uh, Vic's Kangaroo Bar. 
<laughs> That'd be great if you just went to Daisy Dukes at 4 a.m. It's like, is this where I'm moving to? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so, you know, a real slice of New Orleans mm-hmm. uh, to start things out. Uh, I do not care at all that that happened. I don't think that's a problem. Uh, if you recall, uh, Griff took uh, Zion and his family to Commanders for their first meal in New Orleans, and that hasn't gone so well. So I don't think it really makes much of a difference. Oh, it's all going well now. It's all going fine now. Dyson's got plenty of time to eat here and to go around to all of the great restaurants like Willie's Chicken Shack. Yes. Uh, One of the other nine locations (laughs) of Willie's Chicken Shack. It probably... Eating in the French Quarter uh, for him is probably, he probably thinks it's really cheap because he's from Australia. Oh, yeah. You ever see like a Big Mac in Australia is like $28 mm-hmm. and you can get killed by a hippopotamus. <laughs> you can get killed by a lot of other things here. That's true. Mostly other humans. But the Big Mac is like five bucks here. So it's a pretty good trade-off. That's a very good point. It is uh, very, very, very cheap, uh, you know, to, to eat in this city still. Uh, comparatively, I was actually out of town for a couple of days. I was in a little place they called Nashville. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is uh, what we'll call uh, honky-tonk New Orleans. It is very... Yeah, emphasis on the honky. Yeah, <laughs> it is a lot of uh, country bands uh, playing uh old rock music and uh, a lot of people drinking $11 beers and, you know, uh, not wearing sleeves. It's a, uh, it's a whole scene out there in Nashville and it is growing like nothing I've ever seen before. There were, there must've been like 20 to 25 skyscrapers, like going up right now in Nashville. It's like kind of mind bending. uh, When you consider like downtown New Orleans looks almost exactly like it did when I was uh, in fifth grade. Yeah, probably less stuff. More (laughs) buildings have collapsed. Nashville, uh, Nashville's a fun city because all the ladies look like Brett Michaels and all the men look like Lane Kiffin. Now, before you yell at me, some of the ladies look like Dog the Bounty Hunter, too. It was a great trip. I had a fun time there. I do very much enjoy going there. It is like a very weird thing to see like Nashville and Austin just becoming these like mega megalopolis cities that were all kind of, you know, similar size to New Orleans and Memphis and Tampa or Jacksonville even, you know, like there was just like a, a lot of cities that were all kind of similar size. And these two just shot through out of nowhere. Very strange. Um, but it was a good time. Uh, I do always recommend, like, I think a two-night, like, three-day, two-night vacation anywhere like that is, like, the perfect amount. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, like, if you go somewhere that's, like, relaxing, you want to go for five days. Right. But any place is just, like, you're going to a city. I'm not going to stop moving for the entire day. I think the three-day, two-night trip is, like, you leave early in the morning, and then you leave late at night. And it is just, I think that's the exact right amount of time. Vegas, I would squinch it down like one night. Like 36 hours in Vegas is about the exact number. I would go less than that. I would go zero (laughs) nights in Vegas. Land, take the earliest flight out and the latest flight home. Just uh, pop and drop, whatever they. Dude, I mean, you were in Vegas not that long ago. It is quite a thing. I somehow spent $1,600 in like two and a half days. Yeah. With, yeah. With very little gambling. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the Almost really the no thing. gambling. And very little drinking, right? Uh, there was some drinking then. Okay. I, I was, you know, knocking back $18 Heinekens <laughs> while I watched Cool in the Gang. <laughs> yeah, man. I just, uh, there was a time where Vegas was this like, Oh, everything is cheaper because we want to get you to gamble. Now it's like, well, we don't think people are going to gamble that much. So everything is insanely expensive and people just keep coming. Well, yeah, I think people like me would go out there and, well, you know, I'm not going to gamble, but I'll get a 30 cent steak. Yeah. No more. No, 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 no. No more Wayne Newton. Does All the shows are a million dollars because it's like Britney Spears. You know, used to I would I would go there and see Fog Hat. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Jones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now it's like Lady Gaga. Yeah. I, it's like, well, this was, you know. I mean, it's it's a sign of 
uh, uh, as a country where America has gone, that Vegas is now the nicest place in the country. That's a very good point. <laughs> the two nicest places in the whole country are Disney World and Las Vegas. <laughs> they're, they're unquestionably the most successful at like keeping things uh, exactly what you expect all the time with no, you know, no hubbub in between. Now to hop back to Nashville, did you go to Kid Rock's bar? I'm sure it's called like the Rootin' Tootin' Carson Tucker Saloon. <laughs> it's, I did go to the. I, I walked by the Kid Rock bar, and then like stepped inside of it, talked to a bouncer. Uh, what do you think the rules are for the Kid Rock bar? Uh, must be wearing an American flag at all times. <laughs> uh, if you ride the mechanical bull, they play "I'm the Bull God." Uh, it probably just says like uh, "No pussies." <laughs> Probably says that. There was a giant bronze, like, must have been like 10 feet by 15 feet, like a giant bronze eagle with, like, America's ass kicking ways or something. I can't remember exactly what the phrase was, but it was a humongous uh, <laughs> sculpture that was on the side of the wall. And then I asked the, uh, the bouncer if uh how often you're required to play a kid rock song because someone had said that he's like yep he's like every 30 minutes you have to play a kid rock song the cover band has the, to play the cover band so they're covering everything else but they're really covering kid rock so you get like a sugar hill gang cover <laughs> band and then they've got to play uh you know the song up on cocaine and whiskey <laughs> It's always funny how, like, Kid Rock is the size of my grandmother, <laughs> who's been dead for 14 years, but he's, you know, like, I'm an American badass. No, you're not. Dude. Yeah, he's probably never gotten in a fight. You look like a scarecrow at TJ Maxx for 4th of July. <laughs> it, I do respect uh, anybody who really leans into being white trash, though. Yeah, well, it's just Kid Rock is funny because he like watches Joe Dirt and doesn't realize he was the bad guy. 100%. He thinks he was the good guy. Yes, that is uh, exactly. <laughs> there is uh, just a level of uh, lack of awareness for a lot of it, but it, it's literally it's it's basically just a theme park now. Uh, that part of Nashville is just six story bars with uh, a bunch of country music people who's branded, you know, the boot scootin' book shop, and it's just like. It's bullshit. I mean, it's just everywhere. There's it's it, there's completely soulless. Now, Bourbon Street is also soulless, but at least it's not like Leah Chase's big old pot of gumbo, and it's like yeah. six floors of uh, you know that kind of thing. So it's it's just fewer people in the French Quarter, and it's a little bigger area. Yeah, this is like one stretch. It's a couple blocks long, and it is just shoulder to shoulder with whites without sleeves drinking light beers and listening to country music and it is uh it's fun i mean you know i, I can shit on all i want but it is definitely fun whites without sleeves the best radiohead <laughs> album you know uh the, yeah it's it's definitely not quite as uh new orleans is not quite as i would call it a fucked out i think that's the exact right. wording that seems to make sense for what it is but doesn't mean you can't have fun yeah. So, you know, whatever. Uh, speaking of Las Vegas, which has come up a couple times, the Pelicans are preparing for their annual pilgrimage to Las Vegas. Once uh, free agency gets done, which will happen uh, in a couple of days, uh, we entered the free agency period. We've already started seeing movement around the NBA, uh, but the Pelicans have been pretty quiet. I think this will be a pretty quiet free agency period for them overall. Uh, and then they will start Summer League. Uh, which is always, you know, I would say more words are said about Summer League uh, than any other worthless thing in sports. Maybe like mini camp in the NFL. People talk about mini camp a yeah. lot. Yeah. That's pretty worthless. But I feel like Summer League, because there's games and they wear uniforms, people tend to take the results very seriously when they mean almost nothing. The uh, the roster was released, and uh, don't worry, Daquan Plowden made it. Oh, good. <laughs> and Amadou Sal. I mean, you know me, big Sal guy from day one. <laughs> huge, huge Sal. From his days back at uh, 
Cutney Technical College. <laughs> sowing his, his wild oats. It's a pharmaceutical <laughs> school in Conway, Arkansas. Oh, and he, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's Scotty Pippen was around there. He went to a college around there. Sure. There, there are some uh, there are some players you have heard of that are going to be in summer league. Jose Alvarado, Trey Murphy, Najee Marshall. I don't understand that. Summer League Najee. That's going to be fun. Isn't it this like his fourth year? Yeah, I feel like he's a vet at this point. Why is he going to Summer League? Is I don't think there's any age restriction on Summer League, right? Maybe There's definitely to, not an age restriction, but it just seems weird. He just wants to go out there and hang out. Like, isn't he almost guaranteed a roster spot? Maybe not. Maybe they... I mean, he... He had, weird. He had a couple... He had... Uh, I would think that he averaged at least two or three points during the playoffs. Like, yeah, I mean, he's, he he's got a spot on the team. But obviously, Alvarado played a lot in the playoffs. Yeah. But uh, at least he's young. You know, he's, what, 22 or something. Yeah, maybe he's going to be there just because he excels at Summer League. They want yes. some cohesion. They want to flatten the competition. They probably also want him to develop the other parts of his game. Yeah. The, 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 the scrappiness is nice, but how about you become, you know, like a, a point guard? I mean, you're going to see Najee Marshall out there with Daquan Plowden? <laughs> Who's not paying top buck for that? I'll be there, baby. I think this is this is seems like a scam. This is how they're gonna uh, fill out the rosters for Seattle and <laughs> Vegas. They're just gonna pick the two best players on the roster. Yeah, John Petty, he's gonna be there definitely. Carlo Makovic. Oh, that's the guy we drafted. <laughs> oh, oh that's the yeah yeah. Yeah. Um, people have been saying that EJ Liddell was a bit of a steal. Uh-huh. Uh, I did see. You know, he was projected to maybe go like in the 20s in the first round. Mm-hmm. Chicago had talked to him a few times. Um, he's not necessarily a position that the Pelicans have a huge gap in. Mm-hmm. It, he's kind of a Larry Nance style power forward. Um, but the Pelicans, I think, made a smart decision in grabbing him just because he was the best player available. And. Sorry, when you get into the second round, that's really all you want to do is go get a guy like that, which is, I think, a lot of what Herb Jones was, right? When they got him in the early in the second round, it was like, we think this is the best basketball player that's available. And if he can, you know, fine tune a couple of things, all of a sudden he's really, really good. And we've seen him play at a really high level and be successful. And that's definitely what they think uh, they can get from Liddell. I'm shocked how many national people look at that pick and go like, man, what a steal. You never hear anybody talk about that in the second round. It's almost like the second round is such a crapshoot of you just draft guys randomly and some guy grows six inches or some guy mm-hmm. becomes, you know, Jokic like out of nowhere. It's like, oh, yeah, this, you know, fat guy we got from Serbia turns out to have the best court vision in the history of professional basketball. <laughs> like you couldn't have, you know, seen that coming. This seems like, uh, I guess, more obvious because he played at such a high level in the Big Ten. Uh, and he was really good, and and so it's definitely it's not a there's no such thing as a bad pick in the second round. It's what it is. It either works or it doesn't. But it's not as if there's any opportunity cost. Right. Uh, but I do think that Daniel's pick is the one that everybody is going to be more focused on at summer league. Even though I think Liddell might actually have a better summer league because he's a little older. Uh, Daniel's will be the guy that people will be watching. I am curious when you see a guy who is defensive focused and uh you know winning first all those kinds of things the summer league is not a great breeding ground for them i didn't i mean herb jones was sort of anonymous last year coming out of there meanwhile everybody was talking about you know trey murphy had like an unbelievable summer league Mm -hmm. last year and you saw herb jones from like day one was a really productive rookie and it took murphy a really long time to get into it um a lot of things you can see from Trey Murphy, though. You want to see him play defense. You want to see him pass the ball. You want to see him defend. You know he can shoot, uh, but you're going to try to want to see all the other stuff. So I think it'll be an interesting summer league for these guys because they are still pretty young. They still have a pretty young core of guys who play who will be out there. I think they'll be one of the better teams uh, out there because they've got some vets who've played in real NBA games. Most of these teams have just, you know, truck drivers and, you know, various family <laughs> members of other teams. You know, remember when DeMarcus Cousins' brother played for the Pelicans oh, yeah. one year? One year, Anthony Davis's cousin played for the Pelicans, and he was 
unquestionably the worst professional basketball player I've ever seen. And professional comes in quotes because I don't think they even get paid to be out there. Um, but yeah, comparatively to those eras, uh, this team will be very good, and they should have a really good chance to uh, to get people excited. He's uh, there are people that could join the ranks of summer league legends like Master P, <laughs> Nikhil Alexander Walker. <laughs> Yeah, like the summer league Trayvon is Trayvon blew it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're not, it's not set up well for what people are watching Dyson Daniels for. It's set up well to see who can shoot very well. Yeah. And basically, everyone can shoot very well. Uh huh. Every, everyone at summer league. When you're, it's like Steph. Yeah. When it, you're open, which they always are. Mm-hmm. It becomes pretty easy. You're not really going to see what I think the Pelicans are looking for from him. And this, there, there's not going to be a lot of like set defense. There's not going to be mm-hmm. play calling. There's mm-hmm. not going to be lineup changes. And even if there are, these people are going back to DeVry yeah. in six months <laughs> yeah. for the most part. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I really would have thought a lot of people would have learned kind of the lesson of Summer League. Uh, not long ago when the Pelicans had Seth Curry, if you remember that. Yeah. Uh, and they had, and he was awesome. Like Seth Curry was a free agent. He was, you know, probably 24 years old, maybe 23. He was freaking incredible at summer league and he was wearing a Pelicans uniform, but he wasn't under contract. He was just playing summer league for them. And then he played so well that he got an actual contract offer from, I think Portland at the time. And he was just gone. It was like, well, it's nice to win summer league games. It doesn't like these guys aren't actually on your team except for the three or four guys that you have on rookie contracts. The rest of the guys are just names. Like Ken Birch was on that team too. He was in the NBA for like seven or eight years. Like it, it, it can you can get a good team together if you just sign a bunch of veterans mm-hmm. and go try to win. Um, but this is a team that is at least a little bit more developmental. But I think they'll be good. I think they'll be fun-ish to watch. But I just hate how seriously people take the results. Yeah. At Summer League is a fun exhibition game. Yeah. It's view it as the Washington Generals are playing the Washington Generals. <laughs> it should have the same atmosphere. They should bring out a dog on a hula hoop at halftime. It's in Vegas. I mean, what do you remember from Summer League? An earthquake. That's yeah. that's it. I was there. <laughs> that was quite a scene. I had to walk back to my hotel. That was uh I mean that was yeah, that was wild and I mean it really in all honesty, Zion should play this thing. He should show up and play for 10 minutes a game and just get him back on a basketball court in a competitive situation, right? They won't do that cuz it's such a shit show if he goes and the amount of attention that it would draw. But if it was any other normal, like, 21-year-old player in his position, he should be, they'd be playing him, right? No. With a whole year off? I, they're, they're not going to, with a tense relationship, whether they want to act like it is or not, yeah. they, they couldn't do anything like that. And a contract in the balance. Zion's yeah. family would want nothing to do with that. An injury, uh, like, if Zion sprained oh, his ankle at Summer League. Ugh. If the if another earthquake shows up and he gets crushed by a Dell monitor, <laughs> no, that's absurd. Yeah, I just feel like he needs to play though. Like he needs to get on a court and game. And I guess there's a preseason well, that's the games. practice. Yeah, the- but even then, it's like God. It would just be nice to see him out there. Um, obviously, he would. You know, you don't need him to show that he is can be a good basketball player. We're all pretty aware of that. Just the concept of like you had a whole year without playing. Wouldn't it be a good time to go try to get some run? I don't know where else he gets it uh, until the preseason. And then there's only like three or four preseason games now. So I don't think he'll have a whole lot of ramp up time whenever he does decide to play. You just want to see him out there like crushing Rex Chapman's cousin in half. Wouldn't that be great? Him back in summer. (laughs) If he was like in full form, like fully rested and went out to summer league and just destroyed people for 10, 10 minutes a night. Wouldn't that be fun? It would be as fun as uh, when Jackson Hayes was the MVP of the G league (laughs) for, you know, four days, run up 45 on like the Russellville, you know, fried taters. <laughs> it's like when you are playing a video game and you just kind of click it into yeah. the lowest, you know, the rookie level. 
you're like frustrated. You're like, all right, I'll just click into this. And you just beat the shit out of them. You're like, oh, yeah, these guys can't do anything <laughs> against me. It would be fun, uh, you know, but. Yeah, I, I don't see anything uh, coming out of that. If, if you want to see Zion on the court, Zion, uh, Kush and I, we play at the court next to Miss Mays. Uh-huh. Uh, quarter breaks, we go into Miss Mays. <laughs> Have a little uh, every free throw, really. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean. I can't decide if people are getting a little too high on the train here with this team, though. I know I'm the cold water guy, but it does feel like a lot of people are really, really, really getting excited about the Pelicans, and uh, I don't want to throw cold water on it. But I don't. I also don't really see how they can take a huge improvement unless. Because free agency, they don't have a lot of room to do much uh, with the exception of re-signing Zion. And I guess getting Zion is a giant improvement on its own. But, like, it just feels like there's a lot of hopes being pinned to, like, I like jumping toward championship contention. And I just don't see how they're there at this point. Well, I think that might be more, like, local speculation, fanboys, new fans. You know, people are talking about this being a top-four team in the West. When you put it all on paper, Zion is a very impactful player. We haven't seen him in the playoffs, and we haven't seen him with this team. So, yeah, that's, of course getting ahead of the curve but is it fun to do is it why you follow the team is it why you wear the jersey in the offseason yeah that's why yeah um you know i don't think most people are are analyzing this down you know to to the last uh micron but mm-hmm. it's it's just fun to say yeah i think the pelicans are going to win a championship uh the pelicans don't have that many drastic needs in free agency so i i I think just signing zion is enough to get people excited yeah i'm I'm getting emails from the team every single day saying please god buy tickets (laughs) you're a gainfully employed male in this city you must want to have season tickets right please we'll give you two thousand dollars in free ices (laughs) and gummy bears just please god come (laughs) <laughs> and you know i would switch to the eastern conference and i will buy season tickets yeah that's what that's what it takes i think so so you can go to, to go to bed on time for the road games yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> uh, yeah man they're really pushing uh tickets quite hard and i know they've sold a lot more than they did last year which it would have been hard to sell less mm-hmm. um but it does there's a lot of that energy that you only saw these guys play together a couple of weeks, right? Where because Ingram was hurt most of the time after McCollum came in, and Zion obviously has not played at all, and they just never really looked like anything as a unit. You never saw many minutes from those guys until the postseason, and it was such a rocket ship, like out of nowhere, of them winning the two play-in games and then beating Phoenix twice, like stunningly beating Phoenix twice. That it, it does feel like all of a sudden everybody has like, well. They were pretty close to beating Phoenix. If they had Zion, then they'd be as good as Phoenix. Like, Phoenix over 82 games beat the shit out of everyone. Yeah. Everyone. For 82 games, they were far and away the best team. That is a hard thing to do. This team has to prove in a lot of ways they can be consistent and show up every night and stay healthy. Brandon Ingram has not, you know, that was a a tough season last year as far as I think he missed like three different stretches of 10 plus games. Like it is, uh, there are a lot of different things that have to go right for you to get a top four seed in the West. I think they have the talent and they have the trajectory to get there. Uh, I do think a move this free agency period could help them tremendously. If they can package Jackson Hayes and Devonte Graham, go get someone useful, particularly a point guard. Um, but I, I, I just feel like, especially after the draft, you just, the, there's, there's definitely a little boil uh, going about this team and uh, I don't know if it's totally founded but it's at least fun yeah uh, and that's all you can ask for right now there's no yeah. games going on this team is a couple of years ahead of schedule mm-hmm. from what we thought nine months ago yeah and uh, you know I'm happy for it I'm not gonna buy tickets this year please stop emailing me <laughs> I'll just do what I always do and, uh, you know, walk in with a big stack of pizzas and go, which way to the concession? 
That's what I think they do. I think <laughs> my they name just... is Lionel Thomas, and I work here. Yeah. Like, all right, come on through. <laughs> I like to, you know, uh, you just be just be a beer man. If you just buy one of those tubs and you just walked through, you think they'd notice? I bet if I just walked in there, when I'm Daniel Salerson. <laughs> They go, all right. Whatever. Yeah, sure. <laughs> go over there. Uh, <laughs> it should be a lot more fun in the arena this year. But yeah, getting 41 home games, you got to be kind of, you got to be really committed. If you if you buy season tickets and you're a fair weather, fa- I mean, it's even saying fair weather doesn't sound uh, completely accurate. If you're just a normal human that gets tired and has kids and has other obligations. Yes. You have to have friends yeah. to give those tickets to. Yeah. Or else you're going to be that maniac trying to sell a section double Z row 600 <laughs> to Oklahoma City on a Tuesday yeah. for 80 bucks yeah. on StubHub. <laughs> yeah. Well, turns out I got 11 cents. I got 11 cents yeah. for my tickets tonight. Yeah. There's uh, not much demand for certain areas up there. But uh, continue to up the offers. We're ready. If we can get to the point where we can get uh, free popcorn and jujubes and uh, 16 beers every game, I think I'll go. I want them to uh, replace the Rustin High School jersey uh-huh. and put Polk on the back of it. <laughs> and put it backwards, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise you wouldn't see otherwise it. Otherwise you wouldn't. They could just tell you they did that otherwise. <laughs> Tell me, tell me, fellas, and I'll be there. Absolutely. Uh, Well, we will take a quick break. We've got a whole bunch of other local stuff going on. So stick around. We'll be right back. There is some Saints happening, occurring in New Orleans right now. Alvin Kamara, uh, rumors are that he is looking at a six-game suspension for uh, helping that guy find the floor in Vegas. <laughs> it was like uh, my girl. He, he couldn't find his glasses. Yeah. And Alvin, was he was the bees. Yeah, beating him mercilessly, <laughs> surrounded by all of his friends. You know what? Uh, the bad thing about, one of the bad things about Vegas 4K cameras everywhere. Probably yeah. 8K, some of them. Yeah. Another bad thing is uh, you're uh, the most recognizable <laughs> player in the NFL <laughs> beating up some goober. Yeah, it was a bad move. Uh, people seem to be really mad about it. It's like, uh, you know. We've all been there. He got arrested. It's like, he's going to get the suspension. Like six games seems if you're going to arrest, arrest somebody for like a or suspend somebody for like a low level steroid abuse and that six games, I think you're going to get that for, you know, getting arrested for assault uh, seems it just seems about right. I'm not saying it's perfect and it might be a little draconian, whatever, but it's uh, it's certainly not shocking. And I think there's some people feigning shock. And then there's people comparing it to Deshaun Watson where I was like, Guys, this is like two different orbits of the planet as far as the legal system goes. With yeah, this. Deshaun Watson probably is never going to play in the NFL again. I have no idea. They're saying he might. There's, I you see some people saying he's going to get six to eight games, and some people are saying he's going to suspend two years. I have no idea what the truth is going to be. But either way, there's no like arrest that's going to occur, so it's a lot more gray. Yeah, and it's definitely you know it's it's just very different and. Very luckily, the Saints are not dealing with that. Yeah, because they wanted to be. <laughs> they did. They very much wanted to be uh, dealing with that right now. So that was a, uh, a bullet dodge. We'll see how bad Jameis is this year. If he's very bad, all of a sudden it'll be like, well, you know, could have taken the year off. And w-. But this is, uh, I-, I-, I personally am very glad to not have to be conflicted by that Deshaun story because that is uh, gross. Indeed. And, you know, we'll see uh, if Jameis has improved this season, but there was definitely room for improvement last season at a one position uh, in particular. Tight end, Adam Troutman, the Troutman. Yes. He uh, screamed his names uh, from the heavens on multiple <laughs> episodes. Don't worry. He is uh, enrolled at Travis Kelsey's Tight End University. <laughs> Which is the name of a gay porno movie. 
I mean, that's wet, naked co-eds. Hide in university. Yeah, if you go in my IMDb, you'll see tight end you one and two. I'm in there with the Troutman. I don't know what that. I you know I watch it on YouTube. They're in there. They're like, hey, we're all six foot eight white guys with big hands. It's so weird that they all did this thing. It was like Greg Olson and Kelsey started it. It was like we're doing this to get more respect for tight ends. Like gives a shit. Yeah. Like, Wait, no, you just proved their point. Yeah, <laughs> like who cares? Like, no more respect for tight end. Was there any other position group in the NFL gathering to the strong safeties alliance? I mean, you know, I like who cares? Fullbacks got to be the least respected position Easily. on the offensive end. Of- <laughs> that is, that is definitely true. They need fullback. They do need a fullback you. university, yeah. which is another video I've rented. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah i i mean i don't know what that thing does the trout man i'm sure had a great time though with the other tight ends oh yeah you're like well, how do you drop the ball i like to, to tip it into the air so the I other like team to catches it. look directly into the stadium lights <laughs> usually i'll uh i'll go hey is this a crucial play is this one like a make or break all right I just needed to know that. You want me to catch this one or volleyball set it into the air? (laughs) What would you like on this particular play? Well, the uh, NFL Network, they do a little rundown of uh, every team's schedule and what they think. Currently, they have the Saints at 8 and 9 on the season. Um, I'm not sure how familiar everybody is with the Saints' schedule. I thought I was familiar, but there were a few few matchups in here that surprised me. Week one is at Atlanta. They have us winning that game. Okay. I'm, I would agree with that. Week two, Tampa Bay and ah. New Orleans. Win number two. Week three at Carolina. Loss. What? I can't believe that. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> week four, Minnesota. We're going to win. <laughs> That's pretty good. Seattle, we're going to win that one, too. Man, we're going to be really good. What's that, a five and one? Uh, with the only loss to Carolina, four and one, yeah. With the only loss to the Panthers, okay. You know, uh, getting into Week Six, you got Bengals. That's a loss. That's gonna be tough at oh, Arizona. That's a loss. What? Yeah. This is bullshit. Then we're bringing Las Vegas to the Superdome Week yeah, Eight. Yeah, yeah. They're saying loss. What? They've got us at four and four now. This is. These clowns. I don't like this. This is a great job, though. Baltimore. Somebody's job today was like, hey, just look at the schedule and say stuff. Do you think they're going to win or lose? (laughs) Uh, Win. That doesn't matter. Steelers, loss. Rams, loss. 49ers, loss. We're... That's going to be the four and one start getting very ugly very quickly. Yeah. Fine. Do, they have, do they predict some sort of a hurricane hitting us in <laughs> early October where all those games are going to be on the road? Yeah. They say all these games are going to be in St. Louis, <laughs> Tampa Bay win week 14 by. So we're beating the Buccaneers twice and losing yeah. to everyone else we're for two months. We're losing to the Jets. We're losing to the <laughs> Panthers. We're losing to teams we're not playing. All right. All right. Browns, come on. They've got us losing to the Browns in week 16. Maybe Deshaun's back by then. Maybe it's his first game. Possibly be back. (laughs) Eagles lost. Get out of here. Hell, man. But luckily, we closed the season, evening things up with the Panthers to end at 8-9. That was a... What a thrill ride. Man. We're going to all look back on that. That's what will be the first thing we'll be thinking of when the season ends in January. It's like, I wonder how they did predicting that. It's also nice. That, oh, is Adam Rank from the NFL Network. That's really his name? Adam Rank. And he ranks games? Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I wonder how much he got paid for this. <laughs> what I enjoy. They should put that at the bottom yeah. of the story. <laughs> Don't cars? get too mad. We paid him a hundred dollars yeah. to do this. I'm uh, I'm I'm looking at this on Saints Wire, and what I really enjoy is the option to listen to this article. 
<laughs> so it's just like the uh, Stephen Hawking voice. Week one at Atlanta Falcons when, like, there's no analysis. Oh, there's not even. I thought there would be like a paragraph of analysis. It's literally just a straight prediction. Week two, Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> win. No, no anything. <laughs> Driving in your car, listening to that, being like, "All right, all right." <laughs> Oh, Fuck! Yeah, I gotta get. Uh, I have to get Saints Wire Plus to access that feature. <laughs> USA Today. Fuck those guys. Oh, that is uh, what a stupid exercise. People are stupid. I kind of like it. How you know we're just we're all just mouth breathers. We could be reading about Ukraine. We're like, no, no, no. I'm gonna read some guy tell me what's gonna happen in the Saints season that he knows nothing about. I mean, I'm you know we say stuff is dumb. I'm dumb too. Of course, you know I don't exclude myself. I'm no better than them. No. I went to Kid Rock's Honky Tonk in USA this weekend. <laughs> the names of those bars are Toby Keith's. Is like I love this bar. Bar and grill. Uh huh. It's pretty sweet. Uh, how, how'd you name that one, Toby? <laughs> when Jimmy Buffett came out with Margaritaville, it set a standard for everybody else. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, let's see. We're going to have uh, Neil McCoy's Wink Cafe. <laughs> Neil McCoy. All she's got to do is just to give me that drink. You know, that's going to be his bar. <laughs> Neil McCoy. You remember Neil? I do remember Neil McCoy, who wore very tight pants. Well, he's playing one of the five weeks of the Red River Music Festival in Shreveport. Oh, right. That's what a star. Or five days. It's. I saw it online. (laughs) It's like Godsmack and uh, Neil McCoy. Puddle of Phil? Probably. Cradle of filth. Uh, God damn. Puddle of mud. <laughs> Cradle of filth. Close enough. Uh, on that note, we will uh, dig in deep locally here with a little local breakdown. It's the It is filled with juicy jazz, squalling trumpets, and a tiny little crawdaddy. You put Paris in a swamp, and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. Whatever. <laughs> It's uh, it's a topic we discuss regularly on the podcast in this segment. Uh, which way is the city headed? Is it getting better? Is it getting worse? Well, you know, like we said, we're not smart. We we just we talk to ourselves. Yes. We have no idea what's going on. The The people at the city are much smarter than us. They figured out a way to ask a bunch of people a question. Uh, they're calling it a survey. And they have surveyed New Orleans, and three out of four New Orleanians believe that the city is headed in the wrong direction. Three out of four. Mm-hmm. Three out of four. If my math is correct... That's 75%. What are the other 25% doing? They were killed before <laughs> voting. <laughs> or, they, or they're the murderers. <laughs> they're like, no, things are great. 75% of the city thinks things are going the wrong direction. 25% of the city are criminals. 25% showed up in a brand new car with no plates and said, no, it's fine. This is good. This, this, is, this is exactly what I want in a city. Total anarchy. <laughs> I live in a box car. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, there's who who on earth is, thinks that things are going okay? Well, uh, I, I think there was a press conference earlier today, and uh, Latoya and the police chief Ferguson both uh, shifted blame to the New Orleans media, saying that the God. press and the media were just. And she's right. Whenever you tell us, say, hey, a bunch of people got murdered with a hammer. Yeah. Then people are going to go, oh, no. I might get. (laughs) I get murdered with a hammer, too. And then they feel bad about going to a juice cafe at 3 p.m. on a Tuesday where they, too, could get murdered with a hammer. Yeah. The the part that really just bugs the ever-loving shit out of me is the amount of shootings on the interstate because that is insane Mm -hmm. that doesn't seem like anything happened or anything is like premeditated that is just totally random people driving around and getting shot in like the most uh like 
anyone can be driving interstate. You're not stuck in a bad neighborhood or going through a bad thing. Like, that is just the interstate. It's like the throughway to the country. I don't think it happens anywhere else, and it happens here all the time. And this lady has the balls to be like, no, no, no. The problem is not that driving literally anywhere is now considered a safety hazard for your life. It is uh, that the media says that it happened. That's that's the bigger problem. If it wasn't for that, everybody, this you know, maybe five, maybe fifty percent of the people would think the city's going in the right direction if they were, uh, you know, given propaganda of things that is going on rather than you know, like the police log. I mean, it's that's so over the top ridiculous. Uh, this poll, the poll with three out of four New Orleanians, it was only eight hundred people, which seems very small for a poll. Um, it comes at a time when the city is facing a number of challenges, including drainage problems, yeah, <laughs> mishandled street repairs, unreliable trash pickup, and a spike in carjackings and murders. What's going right? Let's t- let's look at the what the, the for the twenty five percent. What's going in the right direction? Let's talk about what's going right. Um, we went to La Madeline the other day. <laughs> And ordered a sandwich, no mayo, and it came out correct. Oh, well, there we go. City's going in the right direction. <laughs> this was actually in Metairie. <laughs> now that I think about it. If, if you rent, prices are going up. If you buy, prices are going up. The taxes are going up. Everything's more expensive. Every service is worse. The, there's really no other explanation than the 25% who approve of the city's direction are actual criminals. I can't get, I can't think of any other explanation. Maybe or they are related to Latoya Cantrell or getting uh, directly paid by them in the survey. It doesn't say where the hundred people are uh, surveyed from. They could have just walked around <laughs> a government building. <laughs> 800. I think that's about double the number of police officers we have. Maybe they asked them in their families. I don't know. Maybe they just uh, sat under one of those billboards and waited for drunk drivers to not get caught. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think? Like, this is great. This is is an awesome place. I can do whatever the hell I want. And, like, the the claims today about the press, you know, portraying the city so negatively, I've particularly noticed in the last two weeks that, like, a lot of the crime stories are under the fold on the paper. Yeah. Like, even digitally, like yeah. they have the little stock photo of the tape. Uh-huh. And, you know, when you click on the story, it's like someone was shot somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. They've given up. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, they don't even send a reporter now to the scene a lot of the times. It is literally just, here's the police log of uh, horrific crimes. It used to be like, you know, your occasional whatever uh, assault and your occasional Guy carjacking. Gets beat up in on Bourbon Street. Yeah, that's well, going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just run the log. And now it's like full on like murder sprees. And they're just like, here's four sentences. We're good. Yeah. Because they don't have the staff to do it. And there's too many. And it's the there's not even enough police to be able to like you know, make a real crime scene for it. So there's not enough police to stand around and say they can't do anything. Yeah. But I'm sure Latoya will dance uh, a lot this weekend. (laughs) This will be a big weekend of dancing for her. I feel bad for Janet Jackson because it's going to, it's going to be like the, it's going to be like the Super Bowl, but Latoya is going to be Justin Timberlake taking off Latoya's bra cup. It's going to be a real, she's going to turn into a very big celebration of herself. Uh, soon enough, she might be running the city uh, alone. Um, so uh, she had another uh, person leave her uh, inner circle, Jonathan Wisby, uh, the chief technology officer who was involved in the uh, IT initiatives, including the Smart Cities program that has gotten them all under a lot of fire, uh, has resigned. Uh, so another person is gone. Uh, the administration said uh, Wisby, quote, contributed tireless effort toward the betterment of the city of New Orleans. And yet here we are. Uh, so, uh, the, you know, the smart cities thing, uh, kind of a disaster. The deal collapsed uh, when the winning vendor uh, pulled out amid investigations by the city council and the inspector general's office into bid rigging allegations. Wisby has not been implicated in any of the wrongdoings, but was like, hey, this seems like a good time to get the fuck out of here. Uh, that is the. Uh, seventh 
high-level Cantrell administration official to leave since the beginning of her second term, which I believe is less than a year. Uh, two uh, CAOs, Ramsey Green and Peter Bowen, uh, city attorney, Sonny LaBeouf, communications director, Bo Tidwell, public safety director, Terry Ebert, and Josh Cox, and, of course, a senior advisor and director of strategic initiatives. Uh, so Latoya Cantrell, people are running away from her uh, in droves. She still has several years left. What on earth is this going to look like? I mean, several is probably pushing it. I, you think she's just going to leave? Maybe in handcuffs. I mean, is maybe the, the city's going to get blown away. The city council so openly despises her at this point. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably another reason a lot of these people are leaving. I think the city council is just going to keep them from doing anything at this point because they have zero faith in her ability to do anything. I mean, it seems like, you know, James Carville wrote a very short opinion piece for NOLA.com today just saying, like, the city's not working, kind of. Yeah. You know, his, oh, I didn't see that. In his folksy, silly way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, s stuff like that, I think, is going to keep building. There's, I've noticed, like, in national media, uh, Lori Lightfoot, the mayor for Chicago, mm -hmm. is very much a lightning rod for the downturn that city has taken. I yeah. mean, it's a hundred times bigger than New Orleans, but I think at some point something's going to happen, whether it's a big name person, uh, you know, being involved in a crime, you know, we're the only city in America where an active player on, on the football team was murdered in the city they play in. Yes. Like that's, that's huge. like a random crime. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, and the signs point to something along those lines happening again. And then when the spotlight is going to be negative on her, I think she's going to get the fruit out of there. Yeah. I mean, she's got the money. I think they're going to like, I think she's probably already, you know, talked her way into getting those tax liens taken away. She's a grifter of the highest order. Uh, it is really disappointing how many people had faith in her five years ago as his outsider candidate. Uh, who had done a lot of good on the city council and who and she has completely squandered all of it. It is uh, it sucks. And it, again, like we talked about 75 percent of the city for 75 percent of this city to agree on anything is really, really difficult. Yeah, it is really hard for 75 percent of the city to be like, yeah, this sucks. And we all live here. Most of us are from here. There's very few people who are not from here who live here. And uh, per, on a percentage basis, and for all of those people who grew up here to be like, this sucks, that there's a problem. And uh, and I don't I mean, every day you can open the news and find something else. And I don't want to be the most depressing guy in the world because I do love New Orleans. I love mm -hmm. it. Uh, I'm addicted to it. Obviously, we wouldn't still be here if it wasn't. But like, man, it, they have made it uh, very, very, very very hard to uh to stay patient well i hope that the discussion can mature because for so long especially online on like reddit and things like that when you would uh criticize the city uh you know there's like this kind of bohemian underground <laughs> society in new orleans that's like well that's just it and you know go back carpet bag like there's never really been uh, open air discussion about what could improve New Orleans. It's always just been like, well, you can drink on the street or go back to Philadelphia, you asshole. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully things are at least trending in the right way towards any kind of like public discourse on what the city needs to do. I yes. think they need to follow, you know, an example of like uh, Metairie and, and not have a mayor. Maybe just the city council should be making the decisions for everything. Maybe. There would probably be less room for corruption. Yeah. Uh, financial corruption, at least. And, you know, I mean, at this point, anything would be would be better for the city. Yeah. I mean, you can't point to an area that that is seemingly going well. And it is. uh it's really it's it's saddening when you think about the, the direction that the city was in like 10 to 12 years ago where things really did feel like they were on the up and up like as the Saints won the Super Comedy Bowl. Comedy scene was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's two guys who were crushing it. Uh, but yeah, like when Mitch got elected like that, like as Nagin was leaving and Mitch was coming in and the Saints were winning the Super Bowl, we were in the national headlines for like 
all these good things. The economy mm-hmm. was coming together. Hollywood South was happening. That feels like it was a million years ago. Yeah. And the last like three or four years. And COVID, I think, hurt the city in a really outsized way um, compared to most of, not only because of how many people we had just get sick and die during mm-hmm. it, uh, but also our response to it and generally the 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 way that people reacted, I think was just, I think it made, it was very traumatizing uh, for the city. And yeah, it's just hard to get past it. And there, I don't, I, I don't have the solutions. I think at some level I thought I might, you know, like, Oh, if you just do this, this, and this, like, I don't think there's any more of that. I don't know what the hell you can do. Yeah. And you know, we, we certainly talk about the mayor a lot on here. It's not a position anybody wants. No, she ran unopposed yeah. for a reason. There's plenty of people who could have beaten her if they had really tried. Yeah. The naked cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a, I couldn't imagine a more vulnerable candidate than like, Hey, remember how your trash didn't get picked up for two months and the power was out for two weeks and they didn't do anything about it? It's like, yeah, uh, that, that seemed like a, a pretty easy campaign to run. Uh, and yet nobody even tried. So it is, uh, it's all a little disappointing, a lot disappointing, but we will persevere. We have not left yet. We are not going anywhere. Uh, the Pelicans are going to make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that guy in the NFL network said they're going to win eight games in football. So Adam th- Troutman's back. Yeah, things aren't that bad. They're going to start four and one this year. So things aren't that bad. Uh, anyway, we will uh, on that highly depressing note, uh, we will take a, uh, a quick break and then come back with my favorite segment. Ladies and gentlemen, the word. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now done for heaven. The worst. This one uh, could probably fit right in that last segment. Um, surprisingly, the location is not New Orleans. This comes from Newsweek, one of my faves. Drunken mayor crashes car after meeting families of drunk driving victims. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Residents are furious over an Australian mayor's drunk driving crash just one hour after she Ah. met with the families of drunk driving victims. There you go. Redland Mayor Karen Willett. Karen. Oh, man. Uh, Never. It's immediate stereotype now. Mayor Karen Williams admitted to drinking several glasses of wine before (laughs) crashing her car into a tree on Thursday night. This is in Australia. There's like one tree out there. And it's <laughs> surrounded by coyotes and all sorts Koala of... bears. Yeah. Yes. Australia has one of the world's highest rates of car accidents caused by drunk driving. I'm going to credit that to the drinking more than anything. <laughs> what are they crashing into? Each other. The world's largest uh, fosters can. <laughs> that's, what a great, that's a great stat, though. Just like we have more drunk driving accidents, not more drunk drivers, but we definitely uh, once we get drunk, we get so drunk that we're hitting shit. America's number two. Canada's number three. There we go. South Africa's number four. That's so Dave Matthews and Steve Nash or whoever the hell. (laughs) Not Steve Nash. (laughs) Alcohol consumption is a key factor in 30% of road accident deaths in Australia. Um as last year as part of a $1 trillion infrastructure package in Australia, Congress mandated that automakers implement technology to prevent DUI deaths. Um, Williams said she made a sense, uh, made a series of serious errors of judgment and was deeply <laughs> regretful after her crash. Was the series the amount of drinks that she had knowing that she was also going to drive home? What was the series? Because I can think of exactly two decisions. I drank, and then I got I got shit faced, and I got on the road. And this is pretty simple. This isn't like you know the mayor of Dubok, Louisiana. She uh, was on the Brisbane Olympics board and had to resign from that. Yikes! Um, She is resisting calls for her resignation as mayor saying, I made a mistake, I will learn from that mistake, and I will continue to serve my community with my new advisor, Jared... <laughs> Brissett. <laughs> <laughs> Upon hearing this news, 
<laughs> Jared yeah. Brosette Good day, mate. <laughs> bought, bought, yeah. bought a ticket and a boomerang uh, to, to, on Qantas. Yeah, Jared's like, that's not a car. <laughs> That's not a gas station I crashed into. Uh, shortly after, shortly before the accident, Williams had declared, "We need to clean up the drunk driving." <laughs> that sounds like something you say after four glasses of wine. She called for tougher youth sentencing, campaigning with the families of a couple who was killed along with their unborn child by a drunk teenager in January. Oh boy. Hoochie moochie. Good. That's just spectacular. The like, we've got to cut down on all these fatty foods as you like stand on top of a McDonald's, you know, counter and, you know, as you're shoveling, uh, you know, uh, McFlurry into your face. I mean, got to stop the drunk driving. And yeah. then you get caught. That, that was that night, it right? Was that night. That night, right into a tree. She was. It seems, At least it was a tree. It was another person. It seems a little in poor taste to have alcohol. At an event where you're mourning those killed by drunken driving. Yep, that seems like a pretty standard. Now, they were at Toby Keith's. I love this <laughs> bush and grill. <laughs> where they put shrimp on the barbie, etc. cetera. Uh, the mayor called to apologize. Probably while still, she's probably a little buzz on at that point. Who are you sorry to? You hit a tree. I don't know. I mean, if you're going to get, if you're going to drunk drive, I think hitting a tree is like one of the better things you could do. I mean, it really, the drunk drunk driver never dies. Very rarely, it seems. It seems it's always the victim or a tree. If you're going to drunk, if you're going to drink and drive, the best outcome is hitting a tree. Yeah. You would think the best outcome would be nothing happens and you get home safe. But all that does is really embolden the person to do it again until they hit somebody. So I am going to say that the uh, that that was the best case scenario, because now uh, this lady can get fired from everything that she does. And at the same time, uh, we can have a a good round of uh, laughter without anybody actually getting hurt. Cheers to that. Yes, indeed. Uh, thanks for listening to this week's Polk and Kush. It was a, uh, a weird one, a weird ride. Uh, thanks for taking it with us. Uh, we'll be back next week, of course. In the meantime, please like, please rate, please subscribe, please tell people, please wear our shirts, please buy our stickers, and please tell every single person you know to listen to this very program because there is nothing, nothing like it. Uh, in this fair city. Anyway, uh, that'll take us through this week. Thank you all so very much. Talk to you next week. Polk and Kush. See ya.